0: Hello, and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 187. I am your host, Ryan Black, and I am joined by my two hosts, my guests, my friends, NOS crew members, Kyle and Robbie. Welcome, guys. How you been?
1: Doing
2: good. Uh, I've been been fantastic. No complaints here.
0: Awesome, awesome. You know, it's been, a, been an interesting week. I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone right now. I'm actually out and about in the real world. Uh, I've been in quarantine in my house for... Months now, and I'm currently house sitting for my parents and also working at the kennel physically on site. So I'm trying to take as much precautions as I can not to get sick, but uh, you know it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, but that's not exactly what I'm radical rexing about. But
2: <laughs> relearn your social skills.
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, there's still it's barriers. A, it's
2: Exhausting, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I went back um, to work, I was tired. Every day for about a week.
0: My anxiety is definitely, uh, definitely getting up there, and it's been building. And of course, my anxiety triggers kind of a, a tight chest feeling, and so that I'm thinking, oh no, is this like, is this anxiety? Is this like asthma? Is this like COVID? Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, I don't know what to think about it. But well, I think we can go ahead and roll on into what we are radical rexing about. All right, let's go ahead and start off with Robbie. Robbie, what are you radical Rexing about?
3: Well, uh, recently I've been playing a lot of Realm Royale, which is a battle royale that actually just released on the Switch. It um, premiered on the Xbox, but is since launched to multiple platforms and stuff. I just got masters and uh, duos with my brother and stuff, so that's been really fun. It's um, it's a kind of a are like a, it's a battle royale and it's visually um, kind of similar to Fortnite but it's like mechanically a lot different I'm usually not a huge fan of battle royales um, but you know like this one is just the way it's balanced and stuff it like gives more to cooperation with your teammates you're not fighting over loot and stuff for the most mm-hmm. part and um, you can offset some of the RNG by like Disenchanting things and then buying weapons and stuff, so you don't have to like you know feel like you're always like well I'm going into the final you know circle you know when I have no guns you know like you know it's it it kind of alleviates a lot of those issues I've had traditionally with battle royales um uh, and it's just it's really fun like it has a fantasy setting and stuff and like a lot of skins like there's uh four classes currently in the game there's like a warrior. A mage, a ranger, and an assassin, and uh, each class can actually take any of the other class's abilities and stuff. Um, so if like you take down an opponent and stuff, they drop all their abilities and stuff, so you can take them, and you can use any of the classes' abilities. But you start with you know your class abilities, and you can forge your own class abilities. Hmm. So it's it's pretty fun, unique concept. It's but made by the guys who made paladins. So okay. And it's not gotten a whole lot of press right now because of, you know, just current events, you know, things have been slowing down and stuff. Uh, Besides that, I've been playing a lot of, you know, Pokemon stuff, you know, you know, you know, I was helping you with that shiny Zora raid and just shiny hunting in general and build up my competitive team finally and did that and... And then been playing a lot of Fantasy Star Online 2, which released on the Xbox and is now available on PC. Um, it's just got announced that they're doing a new expansion for it, but it's like an expansion, but it's like taking the gameplay in a completely different direction. It looks like someone got Xenoblade Chronicles in my Fantasy Star, and I kind of like it. So... <laughs> Uh I I really am looking forward to that. That's not coming out to 2021 though, but cuz uh, there was a few issues I had with Fantasy Star like directions they took it and like kind of took it off the kind of um cinematic kind of, you know, space opera type thing and like took it weird directions. So mm-hmm. and the nice thing is that all your cosmetics, all your armor, all your weapons is going to be allowed in the new game. Like, they might be different, they might, you know, you might not be able to clip some of the stuff because there's a new level-up system and things, but it's really nice that, you know, because they could have just made Fantasy Star 3, but this way it allows everyone to keep a lot of the stuff they've, you know, made over the years and stuff, and even though it only recently came out to the U.S., it, you know, it's been out in Japan for eight years, so... And you can play it on the Switch in the Japanese version, but right now it's still limited to the Xbox and PC platforms. So, hmm. and then the most thing I've been radical waxing about is, you know, since I've been on the uh, podcast, I've, you know, been I, you know, I got engaged and stuff. So congratulations!
2: I, yeah, well, congratulations, man.
3: Thank you. Um, uh, one of the ways I kind of introduced myself to my uh, fiance was. <laughs> you know, through some of the podcast episodes I was on, and, you know, she loves uh, Tales of Symphonia and Soul Calibur and stuff, and so it was was really nice to share those things with her, and, um, you know, we got to hang out and go on a little bit of a vacation just before, you know, everything happened with uh, lockdowns and stuff, so that was nice. Things were starting to lock down at that point, but we still were able to do enough stuff, you know, and, and enjoy ourselves and stuff, so... So yeah, so it's you know that that's the thing I've been most you know you know just this new step in life and you know just looking forward to that and just been in prayer and things and a lot of people praying for me right now so it's it's been very nice so awesome awesome Kyle
2: uh mine's not near as as exciting as that but uh I just beat the medieval remaster on PS4 which uh shout out to jacob made me question why there was there still isn't a banjo remaster when they're gonna you know playstation's out there remastering b-tier ps1 games (laughs) we're still waiting on banjo but it was really cool it still played exactly like a b-tier ps1 game with really nice graphics and it something felt good about it i don't I guess this is the nostalgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you guys ever played that before?
0: I've not, no. Um, no, I've never played that one. I always get that mixed up with Carnival, like the arcade game. So I don't know why I always I do that. vaguely but.
2: remember that. <laughs>
1: it's,
2: it, it's, it's kind of like a, a banjo-esque game. You go through levels and collect stuff and... Unlock stuff and go to the next level.
0: Isn't that the one with the skeleton on the cover yeah, the, or whatever? The skeleton
2: yeah. with he only has one eyeball and doesn't have his jaw. Yeah,
0: oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that game crazy.
2: Yeah, my, <laughs> my brother played it when I was little, so I would watch him play it. So I think that's part of the nostalgia for me.
3: <laughs>
2: so yeah, that's what I'm Radical Rexing about.
1: Nice. I
0: believe you just, uh, you just, uh, reached some critical success on the uh, iOS sh- shop, didn't you?
2: Oh yeah, there's that too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I launched some video game theme stickers because believe it or not, there's not really any on the App Store. I mean you can you can get ones that are geared like video game centric, right? Like there's mm-hmm. some Mario Ones and Pikachu but they only cover stuff that's in Mario or Pikachu and there's nothing that covers like everything. So I was like, well, I'm in my thirties and I have 30 years, 30 plus years of gaming. So I can just funnel that all into a bunch of stickers. <clears <clears <throat> so that's what I did. And it, it peaked at so far. It's peaked at eight on the app store. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun.
0: You're beating out Disney princesses, so that's saying something. Yeah, I was.
2: I passed the, uh, I passed the Mario ones at one point too, and I think even maybe even Pikachu, Thanks. or the Pokemon ones. But yeah, felt good that's for awesome. a day or two.
0: They look really great too. Yeah, if you get a chance to check them out, and you have an iOS device, uh, game emojis is what it is. Yeah. Uh,
2: game game emoji or game emojis. I think they come up under either one and. Yeah, just a bunch of gaming emojis that are some are puns and some are just kind of throwbacks to video games from the past thirty years. It's only ninety nine cents.
0: I can't tell you how many times I've gone in and uh, like went to like Mario or or the Pokemon pixel uh, stickers and went to to share a reaction to something and they didn't have the reaction that I wanted. And uh, you're uh, your, your game emojis definitely fit those things that I really want to go for, you know, and, and post like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a sticker for that. And, and yours yours really hit, scratches that itch. So I yeah, that's,
2: love that. that's what I'm trying to do. I keep adding more, which I add them for free, obviously, and just trying to cover all the grounds. You know, every time I, I'm texting one of you guys it, and like something pops in my head, like I said something to Jacob the other day and I, I replied with just kidding. I was like, oh, I don't even have one of those yet. So I'll be adding that this week, (laughs) among some other ones.
0: Needs an overly dramatic crying one. (laughs) 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 QQ more.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, what have I been radical rexing about? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Sentinels of Freedom finally came to the Switch, and I got my code. Um, I helped kickstart that. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome. It's a strategy game uh, set in the, the world of Sentinels of the Multiverse or Sentinel Comics. So um, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Um, graphically, it's, uh, it's a bit uh, indie looking um, in, in the 3D space, but I, I really love the mechanics and just the overall aesthetic. And of course, I love the world. So I'm, I'm excited to really get deep into the game. Um, and then I've also been playing Paper Mario. It's been quite fun with, with that. A good laugh definitely if you want to if you want to just like roll like it, the hilarity of it is amazing
2: um it's, i hear it's one of one of the funniest nintendo games ever
0: is this it, true it's up there i wouldn't be surprised um i've not made it super far into the game but yeah it's it's got me rolling a couple times already uh they've done a fantastic job with that so um, yeah, I've been playing some Pokemon Go and Dual Links, uh, You know a lot of phone game stuff right now. Um, I need to get back to my switch and dedicate time to it some 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 kind of barrier that keeps me from playing my switch consistently. Um, and it has nothing to do with like streaming and things like that either. It's just I don't know, like I'd rather pick up my phone and play something quickly. I, I just I can't explain it. <laughs> oh,
2: it's easy
3: play, convenient. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can always play Pokemon while you poop, like we did in the nineties. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. Hashtag Switch Poop. <laughs>
1: hey,
2: sp- speaking of that, have you guys seen the uh, the analog uh, pocket? I think it's called. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, isn't it just play like everything? <laughs> uh,
2: well, if you don't get any of the the twenty or thirty dollar add ons. It plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. But mm-hmm. you can get these adapters that'll play Game Gear and Atari Lynx. Oh wow. And it, yeah, And I think I think I'm gonna get it. I'm,
1: yeah. gonna,
2: I'm gonna get it in the uh, the dock so I can play Game Boy games on TV.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's like your you know, Game Boy player for your GameCube or what have you. Um,
2: yeah, exactly. Except I don't know if it'll look any different because I guess it would use HDMI and the this the actual uh, analog pocket is supposed to have a screen that's ten times the original resolution.
0: Yeah, it's got a exactly nice screen what... on it.
2: Yeah, I, don't I know. think that's what
0: you're paying for the most.
2: But the the screen, yeah.
0: But it does open up like easily being able to stream that content. And that's something that makes it worth right there, you know, picking that up just so you can mm-hmm. actually play these old classic games. Uh, you know, alas, I can't play Curry, Tilt and Tumble.
1: <laughs>
0: At least I don't think you can because it has to go on a dock. But <laughs> you better believe no, I'll it, try to tur- tilt the dock I mean, just to worked. make it work.
2: <laughs> could you not? Could you not stream it from the
0: just the pocket? Um, I don't know how you could do that unless you have, like, a special <coughs> kit so you mod your, one of your Game Boy players or something.
2: Because there's a ton of different cables you can get for it.
0: I don't know.
3: Hmm. I mean, it might be something to look into.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, the,
3: the problem with, like, older Game Boy games is those that rely on batteries. Like, you know, I have all the first two generations of Pokemon games, you know, but you know, you can't really play them unless you replace the battery in them, and that's only a temporary solution. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, third-generation Pokemon games that don't necessarily need the battery, that's, you know, that would be something, because it's kind of hard to stream those unless you have, like, a modded um, DS. Well, that's a lot how people do it, is get a modded DS, and, you know, with the actual slot for the Game Boy Advance games.
0: If I remember right, the DS didn't play original Game Boy, though.
3: Yeah, it doesn't. So you can only do it with the Game Boy Advance games.
0: So going be before that, like Game Boy, Game Boy Color, that, that'd be a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know. That's It's definitely something to think about. And what was it called again?
2: Analog Pocket.
0: Analog Pocket.
2: Hmm. Yeah, pre-orders go up August 3rd, and then it's supposed to come out May 2021. So the wait's a little while, but probably be it's, worth it.
0: It's not bad,
3: though. Yeah, definitely be something to look into. Yeah, uh,
0: it's it's a sleek screen. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, good.
2: It's, it's a good-looking system.
0: Another cool thing about it is its, it's buttons are similar to um, the SNES, where it has the two concave and the two uh, convex uh, buttons. Uh, so that's really, really nice. Um, and uh, I'm kind of curious... How the buttons feel, you know, because the Game Boy Advance D-pad felt kind of gummy, um, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of curious if it's it's more of the gummy feel of that, or if it's more of the like the tighter feel of the Game Boy Color, or if it's the clicking uh, version of the Game Boy Advance SP.
2: <laughs> imagine it's going to be really nice because they've done uh, uh, they did an NES and an SNES, and I guess they were pretty awesome. I think that the NES was like $500, though.
1: Oh. Bang. Wow.
3: But yeah,
2: that's, the, that's the, the guy that made uh, Rogue Squadron. I don't know how many members from Factor 5 it is, but it's, it's guys from Factor 5 that own Analog.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's right. It had the ports for Atari Lynx and Neo Geo Pocket as well.
2: Yep,
0: Atari Lynx, I have a few Atari Lynx games I might want to get really? that adapter <laughs> Yeah yeah. yeah the, I've
2: Atari got... Lynx the the system that took like six triple A's and, or double <laughs> A's and lasted 30 minutes
0: Believe it or not, my old Nokia phone charger works for it
2: <laughs> 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 That's so. random
0: <laughs> So that's how I power it and I had like Bill and Ted's and uh, Chip's Challenge and uh, uh can't remember what the other one was, but... Man, it's it's awesome that I could play it on this, this handheld. I don't know how, monstros- uh, like, how much of monstrosity it would look like with the adapter and everything sticking out of the top of it, but it is a thing, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was hoping I was going to go to the adapters and it'd say Virtual Boy, but no. Like, they had figured mm-hmm. out some way to emulate Virtual Boy games in 2D. I
0: wish that was a thing. <laughs> Looks like it also has, like... A music studio in it too.
2: Yeah, music, uh, and uh, I think you can make your own games too with
0: it. That's really cool. You can make it look, give it that classic Game Boy Color green screen look, mm-hmm. or Game Boy uh, OG Game Boy look. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely think it's worth it. Uh, I wonder what the pricing is going to be.
2: It's two hundred.
0: Two hundred. That's still nice.
2: And then, yeah, and then a hundred for the adapter, which sucks.
0: Man, that's so tempting. Oh, it's beautiful It's like, thing.
2: well, do I buy that or do I buy a Switch again? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah, really. I, wanna, I start, start streaming again. Or again, start streaming.
0: Speaking of playing on, on the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance and what have you, let's go ahead and get into the topic this week. We are going to be covering, covering Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. guys so uh this uh this game uh i've got a lot of nostalgia for it uh both single player and multiplayer um it released in Feb- on february 9th 2004 i believe this was a day one pickup for me like i it was the final fantasy game for nintendo for a while like that was how you got to play you know final fantasy finally returns to a nintendo system <laughs> and it wasn't like some kind of port of some other game for Game Boy Advance or anything like that. No, it was it was a full, beautiful graphic game, um, the likes of which no one had ever seen. Yes, it looks a bit chibi in, in, in a way. It wasn't like amazing graphical like Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy 10 or anything like that. But it was our own uh, for those who are stuck with Nintendo and uh, all the years. And uh, they finally got, got a chance to play this game. And it was an action RPG, not like the turn-based stuff. Um, And I believe, I want to say this was probably Jacob's first Final Fantasy uh, that he ever played. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's all he had to base anything on was playing Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. (laughs) Um, Man, so what was some of your first uh, memories, uh, Kyle?
2: Well, we went to pick the game up, me and my best friend at the time, who is actually, he's actually my boss now. (laughs) but uh yeah we had talked his dad into going and getting the game or taking us to pick up the game and we're just stoked man because we're both massive final fantasy fans and we'd been talking about it for probably months i think he picked up he he was able to find a used game boy to get it and he picked picked that up in advance so we could play it and his dad drives us there after school And we're just stoked. And the GameStop didn't have it in yet.
1: Uh.
2: We were so bummed. (laughs) (laughs) That that seemed to happen quite a bit back in the day. Like For some reason, the GameStop over there, across from the mall, would get get the games in a day late. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like their shipments would be screwed up. So we went back the next day and finally got it. And I can't. I can't remember if we we even played it that much when we got it. I think we were waiting for a group of four of us to play it, but when that finally happened, it was magic, man.
3: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Robbie, what was your first experience with the game?
3: So me being the poor boy I was, uh, (laughs) used to use uh, Game Crazy. They had a uh, thing where if you were an MVP member, you got a free rental each month. And so, I would rent it from the Hollywood Video. And the thing it was, is I didn't have... When I first got my GameCube, I didn't get a memory... I wasn't thinking and didn't get a uh, memory card. Mm. So, because, you know, my experience before this was mostly, you know, with the N64 and stuff. And most of the games, besides, like, Quest 64, didn't need a memory card. Um, so... So I would rent Crystal Chronicles and play through it and not be able to save. So I would get, like, I think the most I was able to play through in one sitting was I got, and I would sometimes leave my GameCube on and stuff just so, you know. Uh, And I think I got through six years on it, year six to year six on it, without being able to save it. (laughs) yeah that's
2: a lot right yeah (laughs) and so i just had to beat the game in six years
0: um i think it was i think seven is shortest maybe maybe not
3: yeah so i never got to beat the game because you know i didn't have a a memory card at that time and then later i did get a memory card and uh, i got a second adapter and stuff and uh And so, yeah, I I actually, starting off, I mostly played the game by myself. um, And, you know, I had to, and I found out that you could, like, plug in the, uh, uh, into the second slot when you're playing by yourself. You use the controller, but you can plug in the Game Boy Advance to the second slot, and you could see your bonuses and stuff, and get the radar and stuff. So it's like, oh, man, this is really cool, like... Mm See, so, yeah, that's like my uh, first experience with it. Uh, then, you know, of course, you know, me and you got together later and uh, we had, we got up to four people and uh, when my brother was in college uh, a few years back, we, I think we had three people playing it at once too. And that was like the first time because, you know, we hadn't, I don't think, we, were we playing at that point or was it after we had? Kind of stopped playing for a bit, but yeah, I was like, that was really fun, and we were on like a HD TV too, so it was really weird. Like yes. it was the first time I ever played it like on a large flat screen TV, and I was like, this is kind of weird. I don't like it, but it's kind of weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: uh, we had the uh, what do they call those? That special cable for the the Wii that had like the three other extra. It's like an AV cable, but it had like I don't even know, like, better, like, three other colors. Oh, that's the, the
3: yeah, component? That like the, yeah, it was the yeah. HDMI component, which is kind of phased out after, uh, you know, the HDMI cables came to be. But, yeah, that's the high-definition component.
0: Yeah, we played uh, We played on the Wii with the component cables. It was awesome. Just get, get, get people together and play four players. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know I, I, I played the game mostly my first experience was picking it up and playing it on my own I played it solo um, I beat it um, fairly I feel like it was fairly quickly I, I think I beat it within a year to two years after after getting the game um, I did all of it solo and I was really the only one that was obsessed with it at first like no one else would really talk about it and uh, there was always better Final Fantasies that people would talk about around in like high school and and what have you. So, um, I actually had
2: I had the same problem. <laughs> so there was like there was roughly five of us that first started playing it, but then after that, after we had gotten together a couple times, they all checked out for me and one other friend, and that was it. Which kind of sucks. After you play a four-player, you're like, "Man, I want to keep playing it four-player," but oh yeah, didn't work out that way.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did eventually get the game. uh, It was, I think, the second game I got on the GameCube after Tales of Symphonia, Mm -hmm. and then I think uh, Coliseum was the third game. I believe was that order. Depends on when they came out, but I believe I'm pretty sure that was the order, and then. Like I said, I got a second-league cable and played with friends. And, um, yeah, it's one of those games, like, uh, some people remember Champions of Norath uh, for the PlayStation 2. And uh, it was one of those games where you could play up to four players. And it's, like, so much more enjoyable when you play with four people. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just kind of – it's a dungeon crawler, like, and you're collecting items and stuff. And it's just – a lot. Yeah, they even had an adapter. Um so, you know, because obviously the PlayStation 2 only has two ports, so they had to have an adapter. And that was one of the nice things about this was like as long as each of your friends had a you know Game Boy Advance in the cable, which the cable wasn't that expensive, you know, and you know, most people like at that time had a Game Boy Advance. It was one of the hottest, you know, systems of all time. You know, like and the GameCube already had the four ports, so you didn't have to have anyone to have, and, you know, the extender, which was really hard to find. And like, you know, cause there's only a few games that use that,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, extending device, um, for the PlayStation, and the PlayStation two. So it was just, it was just built in. And, but the thing is, yeah, it's like, it was, you know, it, you know, we, talk about how hard it is nowadays you know when we become adults to you know get people together for things and stuff but that was one of the things was like trying to get people together to play crystal chronicles was sometimes like <laughs> pulling teeth. yeah even if all people enjoyed the game it was just like you know because it is kind of a massive investment you know and you have to coordinate things and stuff so yeah.
0: oh yeah i can i can think of like Two or three times we had it all planned out, and then people started dropping. And then we we're just like, Oh, we have to cancel this time because we don't have enough players to really, you know, get into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to schedule
2: maybe why you know the co op couch co op thing isn't a thing anymore for it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah going forward, yeah, with the remaster, they're not going to have that couch co op ability, but but also that that's trade off means you can connect with anybody across, you know four different device, types of devices, you know, cell phones, uh, PS4, and and uh, Switch. Interesting, it's not on Xbox, but I don't think it's really it has that market
3: well, anyway. From what I heard, like, uh, they dropped the couch co-op because of just development issues and with, you know, everything going on, you know, in the world right now, you know. So um, the thing is, is like, it could be something necessarily implemented later, but it yeah. might not even have... The um, co-op built into it, because this might be like a um, upscaling of like the mobile version, which you know wouldn't have the co-op to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that that'd be unfortunate. But if it is truly in just a remastering, like just an upscaling of the original, you know, like we all shared the meme, you know, when it was first announced, you know, because it actually been announced for a while now. Um, you know, of being able to use the GameCube adapters for, you know, because, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to. Like, if it's still the same code, it should be able to recognize <laughs> it and stuff. And, yeah. And that would be amazing, but I don't know. I would At least, you know, I was okay with that. It wasn't the case, you know, because that was just, you know, you know a fever dream or a pipe dream for the most part. But the um, just just not because that's really integral i know it was like it's it's a double-edged sword of crystal chronicles though it's like it's so much enjoyable with the couch co-op variety you know you know that kind of playstyle. but at the same time like we've talked about it's like it's hard to get people together to do that it's like you know it's almost easier to get together like a D campaign you know for people <laughs> than it is you know to do this you know you know to for crystal crystal chronicles so like i don't know like Part of me is just, like, concerned that there's so much a move away from that in modern gaming, but the other part recognizes the logistical reasons why that is.
0: <laughs> and, and right now, with, with social distance and everything, it's a welcome thing. I mean, it's like, we don't really need that, because we're not, we're not meeting together in each other's houses regularly and stuff like that, if you're following, you know, being really careful about COVID. And so, like, that that's that's okay, you know, but at the same time, like... It'll be nice to keep that around and have it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. You know, there's some changes that they're making in the remastered version, but I'm really excited to see um, what they do with that because um, this original game was such a masterpiece. Um, let's 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 highlight the other thing that made this game great, not just like like, multiplayer, but also, like, the soundtrack to this game was super. Oh, it's
2: one of the best, I think.
0: It it is just, it is so gorgeous. Like, definitely, like, invokes emotions.
3: Oh, yeah. If you type in Crystal Chronicles to YouTube search, like, because I did this earlier today, um, just doing a little bit of research, most of the things that will come up aren't reviews and stuff, like, you'll get for other games or playthroughs and stuff. It's all the music. Yeah. It's just almost all the music is <laughs> like this that is a testament to how good the music is to the game like if you search a game and you're not you know getting you're getting the music first and foremost and it has really good music <laughs> <sighs>
0: um you know it's one of those things where like I'm caught between which version of the song I like better there's an american version and then there's a japanese version of the opening song with lyrics and i love both versions um, and it's, it's so cool that, that both of those are available on the internet to listen to because, you know, I can't remember if even the American version was was present anywhere outside of, like, the game. Uh, it, it's really hard to track down. I guess there was a promotional CD that came out. If you were in UK and you pre-ordered it, you could get the Japanese and the American version of the uh no Ne uh title track or or the main track um but just these sounds of this it was it has a very um celtic
2: celtic yeah
0: irish medieval like all of that like instrumental music sound it's just oh so good it's dreamy
2: (laughs) you know what's strange is i've looked up that artist or the composer that did mm-hmm. the soundtrack and she's done like hardly anything. Hmm. In the yeah, video game world or just
0: in general.
2: Yeah, in the video game world. I think she still works at Square Enix, but like she did this and maybe one other Crystal Chronicles game and that's it. Wow. Which is a real shame.
3: That's crazy, but sometimes I don't know, like that happens in the gaming industry. Sometimes it's like you know that you know someone they grab someone with a particular talent, like here, throw them at this you know project, or you know they might present something. You know, like the music in this game is so unique, and I fear that because it wasn't the you know like bestseller they thought it was going to be, they shied away from that because the little bit of more effort it takes to make. You know, good music like this should be done more. It's like it's like the whole like you know talking about you know the positive parts of this game. Like, what makes it so good is the atmosphere to the game. Like, mm-hmm. it is just you know the music adds to that and stuff. And just like you know, and when you're by yourself, um, there's there's a little bit it's, it's a change. It's like it's nice being with people because it helps and it kind of fits within the story. But you know, being there by yourself too, like just changes like you know even though the music remains the same it it almost has a tinge more of loneliness to it like as you're you know playing through and it's it's just so atmospheric and it's just so just goes with it like too much nowadays like you know you know if you're in a medieval setting you don't necessarily have that kind of music like you what you should have you know Mm -hmm. and it just adds another layer to the game and i still And not to necessarily spoil anything, you know, for the game, even though it's been out for a while, you know, but, you know, there are definitely going to be people who come to the remake as their first time or the, uh, you know, remastering to, as their first time with the game, you know, because of the reasons we explained before about how, you know, having the peripherals and stuff definitely probably kept a few people out of the game. But, you know, the game has a lot of tone shifts in it, too, and... Mm -hmm. I have one of the greatest tone shifts and it's not like jarring tone shifts, you know, they are like surprising, but they're done really well. And like, one of them is like, you may find out what happens when, you know, an adventuring party doesn't succeed, you know, in their mission. Mm-hmm. And just the diametric change from like, you know, all this hopefulness and, you know, to just, you know, the opposite like and it's just so done well like that you uh, a lot of people don't you know complain that even though there is a story to the game it's not you know you have to go out and seek it and you have to do those things but it can tell a story just by the moods and just the settings and stuff and that is like really good like that's how you know you know if you Need words to necessarily tell your story using a visual medium, then you might not necessarily be telling your story right.
1: Uh, you no,
0: know, like you know that, that brings to mind as uh, it, uh, Connell, correct? Uh, I think it's what it is. It's pronounced. Uh, it's it's a swampy area, um, and it's is that the marsh? It is. Yes. Yes. It's
2: a little bit later in the game.
0: Yes. Like that yeah. that is like the loneliest level ever for me. Like uh, it's just you can see I remember like, that
2: well.
1: What the barren where... wasteland
0: looks like where people haven't touched it. You know, except for they're 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 trying to to progress through the area and, and trying to build these wooden bridges to get to the as far as they can across these marshes. And it's this it's a very lonely place and very dark place.
2: Yeah, that's where that's where we, as a group of four, got, and that's where things kind of fell apart, and we quit playing together. So I remember that level pretty well. I feel like there's like these little dragon guys, or, yeah, um, or uh, lizards or something that pop up. You don't
0: see them popping up, and they'll attack you. Oh man, the the name of them was on the tip of my tongue, and now it's gone. uh. Oh. Um <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of it, but yeah, that they'd pop up and they'd have like uh like spears or, and, yeah. and things like that that attack you with and they yeah. they'd spit water at you and sometimes they'd freeze yeah. you and that would be really annoying.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all struggled with that level and there and most of the gang was like, Nah, I'm out. This is too hard. And that was the last time we played <laughs> together.
0: Uh, it's definitely my favorite. I run through that one over and over and over again because there's some some hidden story in it. Um, if you play through it enough times, um, you, you'll find out what happened to this adventure that kept going there and was experimenting with the miasma and uh, you learn something about the lore when you uh, when you play through that and, and, and see what becomes of that situation. It's really cool. Uh, how, if you just kind of spend some time in there and, and dig in,'ll you'll, you'll find out a lot. Um, you know, so from the music, like it's just gorgeous, but haunting too in the parts where it needs to be. And the upbeat, like fast-paced, like battle music, like gets you pumped, and it just does a really great job. Um, and one thing that really kind of ties it all together is the beginning of each level. Um, there is a bit of uh,
2: of Nara- a, the narration, the narration, yeah, and yeah, that's awesome. One with that woman talking
0: really sets up
2: the the mood for each level.
0: I think they changed the voice actor or actress in the new one. Um, And I don't think it quite sounds the same. It's going to take some adjusting, but man, is it a beautiful like mix in the original? Oh yeah. It just, it really brings you into the level and and times when it's upbeat and uplifting, um, you'll hear it in her voice and then other times when it's sad and depressing, like you'll hear that in her voice too, and it puts you into the mood for where you're going. And that narration is just spot on, especially when it plays with the music for the level at the beginning each time. And then like the cursive writing of each mm-hmm. level, oh, it's so good,
2: such a good. Yeah, package. that's that's the like the whole package of the game, like the the presentation, they just nailed. I think the like even the. Just seeing your little caravan with that blue ox-looking thing mm-hmm. taking you to each part on the map or going. You had a house, right, with your M- Moogle?
0: Uh, you have uh, your friend, your friends or your family's back in your town in Tipa um, or Tipa or however you pronounce it. Um, but
2: there's like a, a house you can go in, right? Is it just a moog a mog house or something?
0: Uh, there are different, um, there are different like, burrows and things like that that the, uh, okay. the Moogles are hiding in that you can find. You can get stamps, and you, if you get, like, three stamps, you can play mini-games. Um, often, I think it was with the Game Boy Advance that so you play those mini-games.
3: Okay, yeah, I wonder how well, they're going to do of... that in the new version, because without the Game Boy Advance, do, does it just make it, like, are they the stamps going to be even in there, or are they going to... Like a four player, like split screen, or I guess it won't be split screen because you there's no local, but right, you know, are they gonna upscale (laughs) that too? Those little Game Boy Advance graphic (laughs)
0: games, that is something I want them to fix. I want them to make better because the racing minigame was awful the worst controlling, like racing game you'll ever play. (laughs) Like, the (laughs) controls are just horrid.
3: (laughs) You picked up the crystals and got to perform an attack, and I was like. As like a Mario Kart, like a really dumbed-down Mario Kart with terrible controls.
0: <laughs> That's something I hope that they overhaul and make better, for sure. <laughs> and I could see them using it, like, you collect the stamps and it unlocks the secret levels, the new levels they added to the game or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it'd be a shame to miss out on some of those minigames, but again, if you played a single player, you probably never even experienced those mini games at all. Like, unless yeah. you connected to Game Boy Advance, and then even then, like... You're not missing much. <laughs> but it is kind of cool like to be able to go and try to find the hidden Moogle houses and, and unlock the stamps and everything. Um, there was real no... I don't think there's any bonuses as, aside from playing the minigames, I don't think. Uh, but it was just something cool to do. Like if you get matching stamps. I think some had two, some had three. You mm-hmm. could match up and, yeah. and play the games. It was, it was fun. But, you
2: know, one part that was... I don't know why I enjoyed so much but every time I beat a you'd beat a level and walk up to the tree mm-hmm. and it would drip the water in your chalice like that never got old to me. I thought no, it was magical never. every time.
0: Yeah. Yes. It and was beautiful. It, 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 it like the music and everything just it tied yeah. together so well and the GameCube did an amazing job with water effects. Um, the water in this game was gorgeous, just absolutely sparkling and it's so beautiful. And so, like, when you see this, like, this myrrh crystallized from the tree and drop into the chalice, like, it is just beauty. I can't describe it to you through audio. Like, you just mm-hmm. gotta see it. It's so pretty. <laughs> yeah,
2: and you even see his reflection in it. I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. Or, what, well, I guess not his, whoever you're playing as. Mm-hmm. Your character's reflection.
0: And. One thing I want to mention, like I did mention families, so I did want to mention like the at the end of each level, uh, a little uh, male uh, Moogle would show up and deliver letters to you, and you could send off letters or send things to your family. And there was like a friendship meter or or a friendship mechanic with your family, and the more that you sent to them and traded with them, the uh, better their affinity became for whatever profession that you job you took on at the beginning of the game so um if you're like a blacksmith you'd get recipes like in the better affinity you had with your family you get better recipes and then like to get you know like if you're a farmer then you're going to get a lot of like fruits and and berries and things like that or nuts and things like that um this is escaping me Uh, but there's also you know what was it there's the magic you can get (laughs) the magicite like that was a little weird, kind of a throwaway in a way, I want to say, because, like, they would throw out, like, the magicite Oh, that
3: was the uh, alchemist, yeah. So, yeah. like, when you're in the uh, starting village, the, uh, like, so each of the families you would talk to, you know, they would, um, you could get things from them, like corn or meat or something, and they'll drop yeah. those items, and you could pick those up. But I think it was the alchemist family would drop the magicite orb so you can kick them around and play with them and stuff. Cause you couldn't pick them up in the village. So yeah, that was, that was a nice little detail. Um, and yeah, if you sent like seeds to your family that would grow the plant of the seed that you sent. And so it was nice if it was one of the foods you liked, you know, if, mm-hmm. uh, so if it grew like a strap, striped apple tree or something like that, and that was one of the items you liked and, you know, it was really good. And you, yeah, you could send, you know, other like foods and things to your family that they like and it would increase their friendliness i was mad though because i remember that when i play through i had everyone in my family like in the highest happiness except for like one because they would never send me letters so i could never send them stuff to like make them more happy just because the way the rng worked with that so i was like no like i need this person to send me letters i need to get this person happy (laughs)
0: so, yeah, let's go ahead and talk a bit about uh, the races in the game. Um, you know, because we're talking about families and, and professions. Um, but in the races, um, you had four to choose from. Um, and they each had their own, like, you know, what, things that they were good at and things that... And even, like, the things that they ate were different, had different effects and things. So, um, the first one, or the the... I guess the vanilla race, or the race that was... Kind of most the human-like. All-rounder, I guess, most human, human-like. Clavats? Um, um, Clavats? Yes, thank you. Yeah, Clavats.
2: <laughs> we got your back, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Like, the name just just completely lost it. Like, Silky was stuck in my head. <laughs> I
3: that's get that. Out. That's the one me and you both played the most. Silky <laughs> <laughs> is best. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, Clavats were, were based around, like, farming. And they liked fruits, if I remember right. Like... And they they also ate like meat and things, but mostly like they were the farming types. What I thought, and in the fact, there's an entire village of of them, I believe.
1: And mm. it was it
0: was a clavat town, right? One of the cows.
3: Yeah, oh, well, that's actually that was one of the things I was going to bring up. The uh, best thing, like the mini games, kind of sucked, <laughs> but the best part, like the best like quote unquote mini game, was when you got to race the cows in that village. Like that was. Oh my goodness! We spent so much time there, like betting on cows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so ridiculous. So yes, there is a currency system in the game. <laughs> you can get currency from your family, of course, out on your venture each year. Um, yeah, you, you selected this race, and that was the race that your family was also naturally, and um, and it was independent from your profession, and you could choose whatever profession you wanted. Um, but it was—it's kind of cool, like the things that they ate. Um, give them better boosts, some things they didn't like. Uh, there was kind of a, a system for for that and how well something would heal you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they were b- basically, they are pretty much all around, I believe that they could carry shields, is that right?
3: They had uh, a sword and a shield, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, each, I... <laughs> each class had a defense item and... Uh, Though theirs was the most apparent because like, they had the shield, which... So, like, Silkies had belts, which was their defense item.
0: And then
2: the well, armor... had the helmets,
0: right? Yep, the helmets. And then, well, Yuke's had... I want to say... No, their helmet was a part of them. So what did Yuke's have?
3: I'm not, I can't remember what the... Ukes.
2: It wasn't their staff?
3: Well, because they had a weapon, and they, you have a weapon and you have an armor. And it's like, I never played the Ukes hardly. Like, I've. That's the like thing. A, like... that
0: shit or something? No. I don't know. I can't even remember what the Ukes had. Um, I play them every once in a while, and they, they excelled at magic, which is awesome. Um, in fact, there's cer- certain things you could only do with Ukes. There's um, certain spells you could cast only if you had a uke on your on your party, if I remember right. Um, which I never got to experience. The Holira spell we could never get it to work. Like I had the strategy yeah. game for this game, and we could never get the Holira to work, uh, which is the upgraded version of Holy. Um, and I guess you had to have a uke in order to do it, and we just never played with ukes because they were the squishiest of the characters. Naturally, they're wizards, so yes, they're gonna be that way in that nature. Um, and th- they're the oddball-looking characters too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you never saw their faces. Their faces are always in masks. Uh, This is the way. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I really, really enjoyed um, the mystery of that that race, um, whatever they were. (laughs)
3: Uh, I I had a theory, or, like, I saw a theory that they might be, like, uh, something similar to elves, basically, in the game. (laughs) Because you have, like, little tees who are kind of like dwarves and stuff. Yeah. And, but the, once again they changed their shape because they if I believe correctly, they're a little bit more capable at like surviving miasma because of the changes they made to their bodies and stuff. Yeah. And so there was like a theory that they were like basically like elves of the game and, but they have like changed their form and stuff because of you know everything that was going on.
0: They had they're wearing like a medieval looking knight helmet type things. Um they all, I believe were metallic in nature as far as what covered their, their face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they never really revealed anything of what they looked like underneath that in any of the games across any of the games, there are several entries in the series. Um, but yeah, they were they were quite unique, tall, slender, um, they were they were the knowledgeable ones too like they, they had the libraries and uh, they were all about preserving Magic and the and the the words of the people and the stories and things, um, but they always had to conceal their faces. Um, and they wore suits of armor, but were were I thought like the, the weaker of the the characters, maybe just because they didn't melee very well. <laughs> um, that's one thing to note. Like the attack system in the game, it, it's time button presses, um, and you could upgrade and uh, with the uh, Clavats, they would, they would attack. I believe they would. I'm trying to think what their fighting style was. Like you charged up their attacks. They just I'm, were they the ones that did the leap and attack?
3: Well, yeah. Well, so those actually the attacks are based on the weapon. So like the starting weapon you get with the clavat is the uh, leaping one stuff. But depending on what weapon you got, like so the silkies usually had the um, like the starting weapon you got actually shot off. Like they had like a range attack. It's like a psionic
0: um, burst, or
3: like a yeah. Or and you got there was another there was a few ones that had those, but there was also other ones that were you know like a leaping attack and stuff. So it was like you had to look at what the weapon was to see which attack it would perform.
0: I know and, I always yeah. the butterfly one I think is what it was. There's one that lets you shoot out three psionic orbs. And I would always pick for Selkie. Yeah. Um, I remember Lilty's like jumping forward really fast, um, an Stack um they, they were the ones that dealt the damage like they're they're the the fighters uh the fighting dwarves if you will <laughs> yeah they easier. were my red
2: dwarf if you catch that red, red
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah they, they they did the most attack and they were um uh they, they were just strong like they look kind uh, of plant-like in a way I could I could see that almost they have okay. almost little onion heads you know with the little sprouts and stuff.
2: Yeah. Maybe they were based on the onion knight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, they were they were they were warlike um, in the history of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they they were all about conquering in a lot of ways. They had a great and mighty kingdom. Um, at this time in the game, uh, things were kind of falling back into kind of, like, no one was really great because the miasma had set in. Um, but before that, it seemed as though they were the conquering ones. that were trying to conquer everything. Um, and, in fact, yeah, you come across yeah, they, this grand castle city, you know, or town that is Lilty-based.
3: Yeah, and they, they you know, you'll talk to several Lilties that talk about, you know, like, wanting to restore the, you know, the... Uh, the prestige of the little empire and stuff, you know, like that's something they very much hold dear. And they were, yeah, because they were very, you know, whereas, you know, the Ukes were very passive and stuff and, you know, very bookwormy, you know, just into, you know, the the little were the opposite of that. And they all have like Napoleon complexes, you know, they're all (laughs) wanting to, you know, take over the world and, you know, just, and it was a nice. There was like a nice personality difference between each of the, you know, you know, uh, races and stuff. You know, they had their like general personality. The um, Ukes were kind of uh, the uh, Clavets were kind of like, you know, quiet, humble farm folk. You know, who you know, who just very hardworking, very industrial. You know, you had the. Um, the little t's who were very extroverted very you know just energetic you know just constantly jumping up and down you know yeah boisterous you know like you know like kind of like that kind of dwarf stereotype of you know the boisterous you know cracking jokes and you know like you know but a little bit you know you know have a little bit fragile egos and stuff uh and then you have you know like you said the ukes with the you know you know, more withdrawn, introverted, um, you know, isolated. You know, they kind of keep to themselves, comparatively. like, most of the cities and stuff you go to, you see a, a good blend of the different races, but the yukes are more solitary and stuff. They're mm-hmm. more isolationist than that. And then you have the Silkies, which are, you know, me and your favorites. They, they are the, like, fastest. They're very quick. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. They all have, like, uh, some shade of... You know, blue, purple, green hair, like that kind of anime hair, where like the clavats have more natural hair colors, the silkies have more unnatural, like cl- kind of classic anime. You could get blonde and stuff as well, but you know, they're that's more of their thing. And they're um, it's said that they were born of the sea, so they have like some connection to the ocean and stuff. And the fish are their,
0: their natural uh, food; they eat to get the most.
3: Yep, yeah. and. Oh, nice due to their skills, they're very, you know, roguelike uh, because of their skills. And so that would lead other races um, to perceiving them as, you know, being, uh, you know, cause they're also nomadic usually for the most they're, part. Now there are some gypsy, like, yeah, they're very gypsy, like, and they, because of that, you know, people saw them as thieves and th- stuff. Like you'll know, have that whole, you know, thing that, you know, within our world, you know, how people perceive the gypsies. And so it was, it was very interesting. And, To see the different dynamics of each of the races and stuff within this world it was felt very lived it felt very real you know like you know a lot of times you have rpgs and stuff well they'll have like uh characteristics of race and stuff but doesn't really affect the world like Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that was really interesting about this is those characteristics of those races did affect the world and how the world was shaped and you know and the lore behind it so
0: yeah. Ukes are interesting. Um, they, they're, they're almost bird-like in some ways. Like the female yukes have uh, kind of like little wings in the back and they look like they have feathered fingers. Um, and then the male yukes have like bat wings and mm. uh, kind of give off that. Kind of, they have a little bit of a bird element to them. It's kind of interesting. Uh, kind of it makes like you big wonder. Nose, right. What's that? And, and a beak for a nose. Yeah. Um, I remember It's right. possible that they had beaks underneath of their armor, but it wasn't completely clear. Like you could, you could probably imagine there being a bird-like beak underneath. Um, some of them even have like kind of rounded, maybe like more like a parrot-looking beak. Um, they seem to vary quite, quite widely. Um, but you don't really know what's underneath the armored helmet, but it does have the shape of bird-like, so it could be. That's what they look like. An interesting fact. Um, it looks like. Uh, there was a Yuke in Dissidia, the mm. Final Fantasy fighting game. Um, I don't know to what extent the Yuke was in there, if it was just a story plot or if they're actually a playable character. But that's pretty cool now that they have presentation. Um, let's see. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, let me look up the wiki on the Yukes to find that out. But uh, let's go ahead and, uh, well, while I'm looking that up, uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit um, just about the. The jobs that you had in the game, and what they really specialized in. Um, Robbie, you can go ahead and open us up on uh, one of the uh, jobs there.
3: Um, so, are you talking about like the family jobs, right?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, just a yeah, different yeah. professions and such
3: so it was nice so like if one of the the players picked like uh, the smith as the profession for the family you could buy the smith stuff in the starting village um if and like you you could get discounts and stuff there was um alchemist which would get different like recipes and stuff and then like the smith could get like different armor and weapon recipes um the uh farmers would get different uh they you know they have the crops like the corn and stuff um there's the fisher who would obviously get you know fish and stuff you know it, it was good to necessarily put you know like you could you could kind of min max it to where like you know hey i would want you know you know my race likes fish so if i start as a fisherman i'll get fish for my family which gives me more healing items and stuff um or you could just pick which you know each you preferred um and to an extent you know those uh they would you know like if you had the smith you know stuff you got discounts over uh, the more your family was happy with you you could get discounts from them and stuff and um you know there some people would have liked for it to be more you know fleshed out and stuff um You know, like, because some of the different ones, like, that I kind of are skipping my mind right now are, uh, you know, just weren't as worth going into. You know, I felt like there was certain certain of the jobs were a lot better, especially for, like, you know, gameplay-wise. Like, you know, these were the jobs you wanted necessarily over some of the others. So I think that, you know... It is, it is a fun mechanic. It is a good mechanic. It added that little extra depth. It could have definitely been fleshed out a little bit more. Um, and we'll see if they make any changes to that in the remastered or not, or if it's just going to remain the same for the most part. Um, it'd be interesting if they did a little bit more with it or you know, made it a little bit more... Consistent, or like maybe the the ones that people usually didn't tend to pick. If they made them a little bit better, gave them a little bit something more to make people want to actually pick them over the you know the ones that everyone would go for.
0: Yeah, um, I did find out that uh, the uke was in uh, DFF Opera Omnia, um, and it was. I'm at Italian, uh, which was from Crystal Bears. Mm. Um, mm. It was an event that they had. What's Opera? Is that the? Is that the? The arrival uh, of
2: a yuke was the event. Is that the DS one or 3DS
0: one? That was like a music game. No, 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 no. that wasn't it. Uh, the city is the fighting game. Um, What's Opera? Um, it looks like it was an. A phone app. Oh, uh, okay. It looks like.
3: <clears throat> they the phone app version.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to city of Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, and they had a Yuka event where, where he, he appeared and, and I guess you could play as him, or maybe it was an unlock. Unlock. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's kind of interesting that they, they pull all different kinds of Final Fantasy history, including Crystal Chronicles, so they didn't completely ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, what what job professions have we covered?
3: Uh, most Did you give the a brief overview people, of all of them? Yeah, most people, the ones that people care about, like
2: <laughs> <laughs> I barely even remember them. I'm, I kind of remember there being a blacksmith and somebody that could grow vegetables, but
0: that's yeah, I was really, really I remember. into the ones that could make the items and the ones that could make the recipes. That, that stuff was was really important for, for my collecting.
3: I'm sure um, people who are listening that have been, you know, who've played this game probably fought over, which, uh, because you could only pick one profession, like only one person. So if you had four players and stuff and two people wanted to be the Smith, you know, like, so I could see there being an argument, you know, probably of siblings, you know, be like, no, I want to be the Smith. No, I want to be the Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Just don't pick the farmers.
3: <laughs> they um, were the least well,
0: advantageous, I think.
3: Yeah. For, like, we at least got some crops from them, but... Yeah. Um, the one thing we haven't talked about yet, though, is, like, how, you know, the magic in the game and stuff and casting. Because we talked a little bit briefly about, like, the attacks and stuff, but we didn't... Mm-hmm really go into how, like, this game, you don't... Unless you get uh, rings that give you the magic permanently, you, don't, you have to pick up the magicite orbs, you know, mm-hmm. which is a very different mechanic, which kind of turned people off to the game because you had to find the magicite orbs in the levels or you wouldn't be able to cast magic. Mm-hmm. And it was really annoying because if a cure, you know, orb wasn't, you know, within the beginning of the game, you sometimes would have to go through a lot of healing items, you know, mm-hmm. until you got that and... You know, and then in order to cast, you know, abilities, like, you, like, if you're in the four player, you had to chain those abilities um, with your, with your uh, teammates, and, like, if you didn't get the timing right, you would not get the powerful version. You had to line up, you had a little indicator, and you had to line them up, and then you had to release at the same time, and it, there was a little bit of window to where, you know, it'd be a little bit graceful with you, like, if you weren't. Perfectly, perfectly, you know, on top of each other, um, except for you know the was the one we talked about the whole Lyra like we never got to pull off. Um, but one of the things I see as a misconception uh, a lot um, is people talk about you know the Moogle would help you in the one player version, um, mm-hmm. like to cast the more powerful. But um, a lot of people don't remember if you got you could you get multiple. Um, magistrate orbs even when you were playing one player uh-huh. and so if you line those up in your inventory uh, together then you could cast the more powerful magic by yourself and i've noticed like several things they were talking like you know either didn't remember it or did not know that you could do that and so uh-huh. that's a lot of times i would do like um, i would purposely seek out the multiple orbs uh, and then you have a you know, if you didn't have a whole lot of room, if you hadn't got the Moogle Pockets and stuff, you know, it would, you know, you sometimes have to sacrifice being able to carry something else. But it was worth, you know, being able to cast the more powerful stuff. Um, and that's why Moogle Pockets were one of the um, upgrades, which is, I guess, something we didn't talk about either. You know, we talked about two of the things that happened after you complete a level. But the, uh, <laughs> the last thing was, like, you get, you get an, uh, like, a perk for your character, and that's another thing people would fight over.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the choice words that would fly if someone took your, your, your magic ring that you were going for you know, before you got a chance to do it in the ranking. Yeah. There was a, a ranking system. Um, you had to each character on their Game Boy Advance could check and see whatever their goal was. And the one who outperformed got the most points for doing that thing, whether it was collecting money or collecting magic or taking down a certain amount of enemies or taking enemies down with charge attack. Like, you'd get these bonuses, and whoever had the most bonuses got to pick first um, from the spoils at the end of the level. <laughs> and a lot of it was just from enemies that you took down. You, you, you'd you get the bonus in-game if you picked it up from the enemy, and then at the end you could actually pick it to be at a permanent upgrade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah, people would just fight over if they took, you better not take my favorite one. You better not take it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's nice if you guys work together and like, oh, hey, you know, give the little T the plus four, you know, attack, you know, and give, you know, the, uh, you know, the person who's healing, you know, the the cure ring and stuff. Like, if you work together, it works out really well, but that's the thing is, like, it's one of those things where it would have been a little bit better had they um, done a little, maybe a little bit more fair. Maybe not made it a competition necessarily, um, but... It's like, and there, once again, there were certain buffs that were like, you know, better. Like, you know, something like as you progress you'd get better buffs and stuff. So, like, you know, someone might take the plus four, but there'd at least be a plus two for you or something. And but sometimes there'd just be trash, and you'd be like, oh, no. It's like you I guess I'll take this
0: of the same thing. You get that one upgrade, you couldn't get it again. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes that would push it off to someone else to pick it up like you can go through the game and have all of the upgrades um, because that was how you upgraded your character whereas each level you had to start with different magic and stuff but you could slowly over time build up your character make it better at the end of each level you'd get that ability depending mm-hmm. on if the monster if a monster dropped it for you to pick up yeah. um, and those the things that you picked up um, the the things that represented that item kind of reminded me of kingdom hearts. Like when they show like the worlds and stuff, like, it's, I don't, know, it's like its own yeah. like microcosm look of, I don't know how to really describe it, but it kind of very much reminded me of kingdom hearts with those, like, especially the heart, the, the heart uh, items that you got. Um, I don't know why it always, it's what I always thought of. Um, yeah. There was, you could expand your, your magic power, I believe, and your strength and, course the hearts in the pockets for for inventory and hearts and
3: things like, um i can see what you mean by that because they're very stylized like <clears> the little you know images they have that represent each of the perks and things so yeah I, I can very much see that one of the other things though that i noticed that doesn't get talked about a lot is the different radars you could have each person could have a different radar. Um, when yes. you're playing multiple player, like, it, you know, like one person can have an enemy radar, will show all the enemies, and one person could have the map. So like, you know, you have to sometimes work together, like, oh, hey, there's an enemy over here. Oh, hey, we need to go this way. Um, there, there, there was, was another an item. Yeah, wanted, there was there was item. an
0: item locator. Yeah. That's and there the was way. one that actually showed the weakness of enemies. And that might have been the enemy one, but I know that you could find out what their the magic they're weak to. Yeah,
3: which was super helpful, like, you know, because this is, you know, the, you know, we had the internet necessarily, but this was before really or just at the birth of like, you know, FAQs and stuff. So if someone, you know, like didn't have the strategy guide like you did, you know, like they couldn't necessarily easily look up, you know, what these things were weak to. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's not like a chart like, you know, Pokemon, you know, where you can just like figure it out. You know, it's like, you know, and sometimes the things were surprising, you know, what they would necessarily be weak to.
0: The, the wind worm thing, and uh, I think it was weak to ice randomly. Like mm-hmm. it was elect, used electric and, and what have you. And then I want to say antlion in the desert was was weak to fire. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then the the ghost dragon was was weak to holy and Heliara, and which was a hard spell to use. <laughs>
3: But you could drop a um, Phoenix Down plume on him, like if you were yeah. able to cast that.
0: Yeah, I completely forgot that was a thing. Um, that's something to, to bring up. Those the slots that you had, you had to cycle between your slots of what I'd, what thing you're going to use or cast or what have you. You'd hit the shoulder button to cycle through whatever which one every one you wanted to cast. So you could cast a quote unquote cast a Phoenix Down on on a fallen ally. Um, like you would like using a life spell or or something like that. Um, there was a clear spell as well. Um, there was life, clear, cure, um, the fire, electric, ice. Um, was there another one? Was there another element mm-hmm. or item? No, poison- that was all right. Uh,
3: that was no, the ice one. No, the uh, I don't think there was a particularly a poison spell. No, there wasn't. You had to combine
2: them, didn't you?
3: Because you could
1: combine.
3: You could combine for gravity. I remember using gravity a lot, and holy, it was a combination. Um.
0: What was that one? There was one you could use. I want to say clear didn't really combine with anything, but uh, there was something else you could do. I'm trying to remember like the spell combinations as well. Um, It wasn't
3: clear and life holy or was it clear? Oh. no it was no it was life in an element it had to be life in like one of the elements
0: yeah there was something with clear though I, i'm pretty sure there was some random spell that i never used that you could do with clear oh, no, i don't know i have to look that up later
3: <laughs> that's one but, of the things we you know you kind of miss from games nowadays is not knowing things like that and just discovering like you know how we used to discover union attacks and uh tales of symphonia you know and we, we we shared a couple union attacks back in the day of, like, ones we figured out combinations, like, you know, like you, you use these attacks with your people. That's the same thing with this. Is like, you know, you would – it's like, hey, I wonder if I can combine these two magic sites. And it's like, oh, hey, I you know, I used gravity or I used holy. And, like, part of that discovery was, like, part of the fun of the game.
0: Each of them had their own uh, tiers uh, that you could combine. Um, I guess apparently you could use two clears to make a clearga. Um, it was all status negativities against all party members. That's kind of cool. Uh, it seems like probably a whole screen thing. Oh, that's right. There was the time magics. You had gravity, but then you had like slow and uh, haste, mm-hmm. and I think... No, there was no stop. Oh, there was a stop, yes. Um, wow. Stop required a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was life, fire, blizzard, or basically life in two different elements to pull off that, mm-hmm. which does stop on an enemy. Um, Lyra apparently took two life spells and some element, uh, and it was only available to multiplayer. That's probably why I ne- we never pulled it off. Yeah. Um, and haste, haste guy was a thing, which I never, I don't think I even knew that existed in the game. Um, but you can increase the speed of all allies by using a life plus a cure plus a cure plus a cure. So three cures and a life to pull off a stagger. Dang. <laughs> no, we never pulled that off ever.
3: <laughs> yeah, some of those were locked behind like you could use a lot of like, you know, the standard like Final Fantasy like elemental ones, like those tiers of like, you know, having three fire, you know, orbs and stuff. In first player, but those things like those ones were locked to the multiplayer. Which you know, if you weren't playing with multiple people, you would never know about.
0: And apparently, there's a graviga that used all three elements to create a a big giant gravity well. It pulled everything down to the ground.
3: Nice. That's pretty cool. And some of those like were like timing based, like to like you if you hit it like perfectly, like you would get. So, like, if two of you um, used just, like, you know, the fire, instead of getting the just the one upgrade, if you timed it perfectly, you would sometimes get the third upgrade, mm-hmm. which was really nice. So, like, it encouraged, you know, having good timing and, you know, placing your circles perfectly and stuff.
0: Because you had, you had access to Kiraga and full life if you did the timing just right. Um, life plus life fully re- re- revives a KO'd party member, whereas if you just use life, it brings them uh, with basically their minimum amount of HP instead of with all their hearts filled. Yeah. So, I think it's like three hearts is your minimum or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And we, we haven't really talked about it, but like, if someone dies, they just walk around as a ghost, <laughs> like with you,
0: you. could like jump up and wave, like, yeah. "Hey, heal me," <laughs> you know.
2: I felt like that was the worst punishment.
0: I feel like yeah. you can push things around, though, even in your ghost state. I think I remember pushing around a magicite or something. But even then, like, <laughs> it's kind of cool to be that little ghost walking around.
3: <laughs> I kind of agree with Kyle. Like, it was kind of, like, just unfortunate to just walk around, just, you know, know why everyone else got to play the game and just like, yeah, I guess I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh the locations were awesome. My favorite one, because it was really fast to run through, um, Most was manor. the Gagus
2: level. Um, I thought for sure you were going to say the manor with the...
1: That's the manor, yeah. That like,
2: it like is yeah, the, the, the Gagos was the manor. Is that, the, is that a,
0: like a husband and wife? It was, the, I think it's L- Lamier... I-, I don't know how you pronounce that. The snake creature and then the giant tusked uh, gigas or gigas or whatever um they were like husband and wife yeah in this yeah. manner and they they had tone berries that served them cooking yeah i, lo- I,
2: I loved that level <laughs> you like, could run through then, so the fast. narration at the beginning was awesome
0: too <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: that was my favorite narration for the whole game
0: you could actually defeat one of them before the other came out um It it was kind of interesting, the dynamic there. Like, they were really hard if they were together. But if you took one of them out before the other or just take, you know, there was that kind of like a husband and wife dynamic. But you could kind of mitigate that by taking out certain ones first. And, you know, there's an order to where you had to clear out the rooms or go to the different places and take out the Toneberries. Basically, the whole idea of that one was that, like, they're chefs. And if you take out all their chefs, like, he comes out and wonders why he hasn't been served food yet. You know, he's really upset. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> Couldn't the Toneberry still like one-shot you, um, it, as a reference to like the old, you know, Final Fantasy games? Yes, they, they were really like...
0: slow, but if they hit you, you're gone.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely, doink.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that was really cool too. Um, they had a lot of those, uh, those whiskered like jaguar so, things. Um, the aren't
2: they called like corals or something like that? Something like that.
0: Yeah. I can't remember I exactly. I thought those were cool. They were. Um, you know, there's... Well, I don't want to spoil the one town, um, but there's a cool town that's... Uh, it had, like, a, a metal golem in it. You had to fight, and it was resistant. I want to say it was resistant to m- most attacks. You had to use magic to be effective against it, I want to say. Um... Or maybe it was another way around, but the other way around. But and there was a there's an area that was kind of like a coliseum of sorts. There's a lot of enemies in that one, um, but you had to basically. It was kind of like a Chinese motif, like to get into the oh, the area.
3: Gosh, that one, yeah, that one it had p- a lot of
0: traps and stuff in it too. It
3: has a lot of the. Doesn't that have a lot of the lizard men in it as well?
0: yep, yep definitely. Yeah. That was, in fact, the boss is a giant lizard man.
3: That one was, like, just a slog to run through because there's just so many enemies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so aside from the monsters, uh, there was a couple of uh, other races that were playable or that were not playable. Um, you had the the Mughals, like we mentioned, um, and then ones that most people have not seen unless you've progressed in the story past a certain point. Um, and that was the... Uh, the uh, The carbuncles, they're like big green I don't know what to describe, like kind of Totoro like characters, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) More bird like, but that idea. Um and uh in order to get there, like you had to travel between areas. Um at first you couldn't travel between certain areas in certain years because it was blocked off by a certain element. And if your area didn't have that element, you couldn't progress. Through that stream, there's a particularly concentrated area of miasma that you couldn't pass unless you had that element to go through it. Um, and there's the, the basic elements that you cast—you um, know, the fire, the the blizzard, uh, the ice, uh, the electric. Um, if I remember right, wasn't there an earth element as well that you mm. could place? I think it was the sand area that had it, maybe. But you, you basically place the chalice. On um, you place the chalice on the pedestal, and it charged that the element of your your chalice, um, and you can go through those streams. Um, you could also uh, later in the game get a an Omni element that was all elements you could pass anywhere you wanted it in the game. Um, <laughs> one thing that kind of ticked people off was if you go too fast in multiplayer and someone wasn't paying attention, you could kind of leave them behind, and as long as they're out in the miasma, they'll start taking damage. And the stream will push them to where they can't catch up to you um, if they didn't stay in the circle. <laughs> so you could potentially kill your allies just by not exiting the level, and they can't get to you. It, it was, it's kind of dirty and underhanded, but it was something that you could do. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, the ending was a really, really weird trip. Um, there's some characters you meet along the way that were just charming. Uh, there is an amnesiac uh, clavat guy. Um, there was a couple of them. There was Hurdy and then there was Gertie. Um, as far as anyone else knew. Um, they were pretty cool. They were kind of the, uh, one was kind of like morally upstanding. The other one was very like swindle you. And then there was like these bandits, the striped apple bandits, uh, very team rocket esque. Uh, they had a Moogle that helped them that was in stripes, like kind of like a prison bar-looking outfit. <laughs> the Striped Brigands was, it? I believe, what they were called. Is that correct, Kyle? What's that? The Striped Brigands, I think, is what they were called.
2: Oh, uh, I don't... I can't remember that. I, I do remember the bandits, though. Yeah. always thought that, like kind of like what the tree and the filling up your chalice. I always thought, you know, getting stopped by the bandits was always cool.
0: There was a black knight that was always trying to attack this invisible force. Like, he looked kind of crazy. Um, but he didn't seem to have memories of anything. And uh, you could explore that story as you progress through the game. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and again, like, these letters that you got throughout the the playthroughs um basically they're random encounters that you have as you go to different parts on the map um that weren't levels like different like junction points you had a a chance to trigger an event like you meet up with another caravan and do an exchange talk with them or what have you Um, but there's certain key story points that you hit based on how many memories you've collected um that help you get enough clues to progress in the game, get the secret element, and then go to the new areas that were unlocked by getting that, those types of things. And you also found, like, on the map each year, um, not only did the elements change in the areas, but also, like, water levels and stuff would receive. There's one year where, like, the river kind of dries up and you can't take the boat uh, to get... There's, like, a a volcano area you can go to. Of course, there's the desert island um, and all these things that you can't really access once the the water is drained. Um but the water is pretty cool. Um it's that's one thing about the GameCube. It's just so gorgeous was was that water effect. And like I said, and traveling on it on the boat to get to the uh the volcano island where you actually got to fight uh one of the the uh iron giants famous enemies in Final Fantasy. Uh that was one of the bosses. In fact you have an enemy that walks one of the goblin enemies um, walks around with a giant knife carrying it to the boss and if you take him out then the iron giant won't get that giant knife um so it's kind of cool a little little thing like that um and uh yeah just the the shifting like each year um with with the elements and then that that water mechanic um where you know it was quite mind-blowing when i got to the year when like the complete, like, the whole beautiful river was just, like, bone dry. Like, you couldn't do anything with it. And um, you couldn't, I don't think you could still cross it necessarily, but you just couldn't go anywhere that year. Um, you were kind of confined to that one side, uh, one side or the other. Um, that was kind of a cool element, honestly. Um, there, was a, uh, there, was, there
2: was a, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't there a celebration at the end of every
0: year, too? Yep, and they talk, They cover all of your memories that, that year. There's like a big music and all your family and everybody is, is celebrating and dancing and playing
2: music. Yeah, that was and, always real neat. Definitely.
0: It was a good time. Um, there was a level that was uh, kind of an Aztec temple-like place. A lot of ghosts and stuff there. Um,
2: was that the one where you had to collect all the out- stuff on the outside? Where you could get on the inside?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. It was that was one of the harder levels in the game. Um, there were still a lot of secrets that that were really hard to get get to. You know, I mentioned briefly the desert. I didn't say much about what what was in the desert, um, other than the antlion, of course. Um, you had the, the, many of the enemies that you saw in Final Fantasy. You know, I did mention cactars. the iron giant. Uh, you also have uh, the cactars, Marlboros. Yep, yep. One of the bosses, and I think the boss in the second level you come to is the Mawbro. Was that the
2: mushroom level?
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, that mushroom forest area, and then uh, the first level was a giant crab. It was really cool the detail they put into that crab because uh, it had like weapons and stuff stuck into its giant like claw or like shield or armor. It. it was really cool to see that, and like it would like scrape its other claw against it to generate electricity like with the metal and everything. That was a really cool element and everything. Um, but it would also use time magic. If you get hit by it, its bubble that it spits out and it kind of tracks you, um, if you get hit by it, you get slowed. And that made things for a longer fight a lot of times if you didn't avoid that. Um,
3: and did it help that the uh, on that first boss that the adds were really quick? So if you got slowed, you know the, the adds you can normally dodge became very much a newsome. So. Yeah. And like the the, yeah, the second the Mushroom Force, you had to run Cure. You had to pick up that Cure orb because it was so not fun fighting that boss without Cure.
0: Yeah, and even Clear helped a lot too to remember the status that, effects.
3: That's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant Clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you had to have Clear because <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> you get wrecked without that. Yeah, Malboros are, are known for their status effects for sure. But even then you could get petrified by the uh, there was the one-eyed winged yellow creatures kind of looked like monster rancher uh like a monster yeah. rancher type character but with wings and swayzo yeah wow that's that takes me back
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of reminded me of th- those enemies um let's see what other classic final fantasy characters were in there um i don't well, remember there being did a city. goblins the goblins are in there um uh, hedgehog pies yeah, oh my there. goodness, those stone ones are so difficult. I think there was a trick to zoos. taking them down.
2: I think they're called zoos. the type of bird.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, the vulture looking things. Mm-hmm. Or hmm those like or those are the griffins. That was what I was thinking of. You had the they had a weird version of the chimera in
3: there. Um. That was also one of the like you know when the each level changes after you know the years and stuff go by. And, like, suddenly going to the first area, which is super easy, and you might have ran through it multiple times, you know, and then suddenly there's griffins who are, like, a lot harder than anything else that's been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, like, a real shock. Like, it's like, oh, whoa, this, I have to take this area seriously now.
0: You start combining your magic to take them down. Like, the ones that fly, you want to bring them down to the ground with gravity to have a chance mm-hmm. to take them out, you know. And uh, oh, what was it? I think I think I discovered there was three tiers to each area. You could you could go every I say every other year, every third year, you could go back to a place and it would be on its next cycle. Um, and and the third cycle was always the hardest, you know, the the stronger enemies and everything. Um, once you beat that, I think it reset back to the first year um, and how easy it was and everything. But yeah, it, it did limit you to what you could do. Yes, you could revisit an area and collect the myrrh there once the myrrh had restored to the tree, um, but also it got harder. The annoying hedgehog things that were ghosts, and the annoying hedgehog things that were stone.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: never did figure out what was the way to take them down properly. They were the tough.
2: ghosts you would catch Holy on, I thought, yeah. or catch yes. Holy on, and they.
0: And you could take them down without Holy. It was doable, <laughs> but man, was it annoying. Um, They had, oh, uh, what was the thing? They had the flans um, and different elements that ran around and even ghost flans. Uh, There was these giant green moth-like creatures. Um, You you did run into behemoths. Those were in the game. Um, I want to say that the green moth-like, mantis-like characters were Pass or I don't know how you pronounce that or what they were exactly, um, but you could find them I think on the second or third third cycle of the um, of the Connelkarak the uh, swampy area. Um, I don't I don't think I ever saw those enemies anywhere else in the game. Um, I shouldn't think there's anything else that was like weird or any any enemies that were modifications of previous enemies Um, a lot of the character models from this game were taken straight from final fantasy 9 a lot of the enemies and stuff were, were that that type of enemy from that game like that was the model they took from
3: oh really i did not know that
2: must be like i like the style so much of them
0: because I remember playing through Final Fantasy IX recently, and be like, "Hey, that's that's exactly the same ki- creature that's in Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. That's crazy, you know." Because mm. I, I guess they took a lot of those models from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of uh, it was kind of eerie playing that on Switch, and then seeing the similarities. <laughs> um, but that was pretty cool to 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 see that and uh, experience those enemies when I played Nine. It was very familiar. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any enemies that were pretty common to find. There's those toads that dropped the toad oil. Um, oh, I, I just remembered. There was the item that you could get that was basically a key that lets you into the Uke place. It was a beautiful waterfall level um, mm-hmm. that you had to go through to get there. Um, but yeah, there was the giant toads that would body slam the ground. <laughs> um,
2: What's the city with the crystal? I just remembered that. Giant crystal.
0: A uh, giant crystal.
2: Yeah, in the middle of the city. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Alphateria.
0: That was the, the, uh, the lilty place. Alphateria. I think.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, Alteria was Sorry, uh, just... was the giant lilty kingdom. If I remember right. Yeah, I think they had that in their town square, like the big, huge crystal. I, I, I'd, I'd shiver at the thought of trying to recharge that crystal.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's got to take a lot, Hummer. But yeah, we did touch a bit on the characters um, that you ran across. Um, Hurdy Gertie um, and uh, the Black Knight, um, the, the striped brigands, the Apple striped apple brigands, and how they were Team Rocket-esque. Um, um, can you think of any other characters that may have been a recurring theme or something that, not necessarily plot points but just things that expanded on the story hmm because I know that there was more more to their party than just the two of them two special characters I know they, they ventured together um, basically through the game each entry that you come when you come across someone another caravan you create memories and those memories you use um, the more memories you collect each year uh, the more strength that you get I guess in the final battle Um, and it's a really cool element Um, basically the more you play it the more experiences that you have uh, the better you'll do at the end and you find out like what is why this land is like it is and why it's plagued by all the evil and the monsters and everything um it's really cool how they wrapped it all up into a nice neat little package
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh pretty soon we're going to be experiencing uh the remastered version um let's go ahead and talk about that a little bit um it is going to be uh cross-platform and uh also uh cross-saves so you could play it on your phone and switch over to the Switch, uh, or PS4, or Android, uh, you know, iPhone, and just, you can pass it all off and play right from where you left off on the other other game system. Um, there's a light version, you get access to, I think, four levels or so, something like that. Um, but if you connect to someone that has the full version, you can get the full version of the game and play with them.
3: Um, I wonder how they're going to do that, though, necessarily, because... So with a lot of those cross-platform games, you have to sign in to, like, either a third party, or, uh-huh. like, with, um, like, uh, Minecraft, you know, which is cross-platform, you have to sign in with your, you know, Microsoft account. So.
0: Square Enix has their own account. Uh, they've had it for a long time, so I'm thinking that's probably how they'll do it.
3: Well, that makes sense, yeah.
0: Um, but, you yeah, they even have, like, a rewards program or something if you sign up, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool to be able to play this. And, and the entry has never been more like, yeah, there's no c- couch co-op, but you know, available on all these devices and being able to play with your friends wirelessly online, um, pick up where you left off. You know, free version, you, it, one person has to own the game. Any console, any phone, uh, minus Xbox, of course. And then you can actually just connect with anybody else and play with them. Uh, and only one person had to shell out, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks, however much the game is. And uh, everyone else can play. And so that's that's great. Like, you don't have to go out and buy a Game Boy Advance and a Link Cable and find a GameCube or Wii that played. You know, it still has a good disk drive in it. Uh, you can just kind of play anywhere and, and play for free and really experience the game. And that's that's a really cool thing, especially, like, I, I'm I'm excited to get into it and play with friends. Because uh, it, was, it was pulling teeth getting people together. But now that you have so many people that can just jump in from anywhere... I think it's going to make this game really sing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think it's going to cost, though, is graphics. Uh, some of those videos that I saw, especially the PlayStation, running on the PlayStation 4, that water did not look pretty, and I was upset by that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that once again concerns me if they actually took the source engine and stuff and just upscaled, like, the things, or if they if this is, like, like the mobile version and not you know, upscaling of, like, a mobile version of the game or something. It doesn't have those unique elements that were on the GameCube, so.
0: I won't complain too much, though, uh, just because um, I've played uh, Ring of Fates, Echoes of Time, things like that, the DS game, and they had one on Wii that was basically a straight port of the DS game, but they put it on a big screen, and they even gave you, like, that weird split like (laughs) <laughs> dual screen look um, on the Wii and it just it wasn't great it was pixelated it was gross and yeah so I will take something that looks better on all all of the th- platforms and uh, you know it'll be definitely better than that DS version that, that I experienced but you know th- we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the other entries in the series uh, we may not do episodes on them anytime soon um, but there was uh, Ring of Fates, Echoes of Time uh, both DS titles. Um, there was some DSiWare games. No, it was WiiWare games. Uh, My Life is the King, I want to say. My Life is a King and My Life is a Dark Lord, I think was the titles yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there was uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Bears uh, for Wii, which uh, I never actually played. Um, I played the, the two DS games, um, but I don't think I ever picked up that that Wii one. I heard at the time it was pretty expensive. It was top dollar, and I heard it was a short story and didn't have the greatest mechanics. So I kind of shied away from it, but I always wanted to experience that because I just love the lore of of Crystal Chronicles. And and it spans over, I think, two centuries, I think is what they said, the story does. So you get to experience it from all different times in history. It's kind of cool placing where everything was in the series. Mm -hmm. Ah, Well, Well, uh, we could, we could talk about this all night, honestly. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's getting pretty late here, so we probably better wrap things up. Um, uh, if you guys want to plug where they can find you, people can find you on social media and such, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, Robbie, you kick us off.
3: Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Stoic underscore Hero, you know, the Stoic Hero. Uh, I post on there semi-regularly and stuff. You um, you know, you can. So if you want to follow me on there and see my, like, shiny badge quest updates and stuff like that you know go ahead and um yeah and uh, you know i'll be on here occasionally when they once again shine the robbie single in the sec- in the sky so <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right kyle where can they find you
2: uh you can find me at kyle martin art on instagram and twitter and i also have uh, game Moji, or game emojis plural, on Instagram as well.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, didn't I hear something about you were you were thinking about dabbling in some streaming here soon too? Yeah, I
2: haven't came up with a name for that yet. It probably won't be Kyle Martin. Art.
0: Okay, you gonna stream your art on there? Or are you gonna, or like your drawings uh, and stuff?
2: Uh, probably both. Like I'm kind of working out a game plan.
3: Cool. Awesome! Awesome. Um, look forward to seeing what you produce, man.
2: You yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to make it fun, make, <laughs> mix, do something a little different. I hope.
0: Kyle, it was awesome, and did the uh, the art for my channel, uh, Metroid Hunter 101. You can find me on all different streaming platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, it Was Mixer, now it's no longer around. Rest in peace. Uh, yes. You can also find me on YouTube. Um, I was on Mob Crush for a while. I still kind of vacillate back and forth if I want to stick with Mob Crush or not. Um, but, you know, I've got those different channels uh, that you can check out. And, of course, uh, you can always uh, find the show uh, on the lovely places, such as uh, the NintendoVillage.com slash Nintendo Nostalgia, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us on our Facebook at Nintendo Nos, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on our Instagram at Nintendo NintendoNOSIN, shoot us an email at nintendo nostalgia at gmail.com uh and you can also give us a call on our hotline uh share your memories and show us some love at 317-969-5690 guys that brings us to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week later Preston. no one else is gonna say goodbye <laughs>
2: <laughs> i guess not
1: All right. Later.